Hello, and welcome to Friends of the Show. I'm your host, Stephen W. Skinner, and you're listening to my podcast where I talk with some of the funniest and most interesting folks in the world. This is the very second episode of the show, so thank you to anyone who's coming back for the first time. That's a huge step towards coming back for the third time, which I do recommend. So this show is basically a chat with a friend where they share a story, some funny tweets, and then I have them answer questions submitted from listeners just like you. Follow FOTS Pod and submit a question to hear me read it on a future show. This week's friend of the show is my pal Danny at The Real Eatwood on Twitter. Danny is so nice and one of the funniest accounts out there. It was great having him on, and I hope you enjoy the conversation with Rue. And now, Friends of the Show, episode number two with Danny at The Real Eatwood. The cure for boredom is curiosity. There is no cure for curiosity. Dorothy Parker. All right, welcome to Friends of the Show, episode number two with Thank Dan- you. With Danny at the Real Eatwood on Twitter. Danny, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. Thanks for being on. Um, so that quote was Dorothy Parker. Um, yes. And funny enough, wouldn't you know that in episode number one, Jess, okay, fine, also picked Dorothy Parker as her quote. How about that? That's a big coincidence. It's a pretty wild coincidence. She had a great yeah. um, explanation. She was saying that if Dorothy Parker was around um, these days, she would have a, an amazing Twitter account. So that I think she thought that's why it was appropriate. That makes sense. I didn't even think of that, but that does make sense that those the the witty people of those bygone days really would be well-suited for this format. It's true. Yeah, so I thought that was a really good point. So why did you pick um, uh, Dorothy Parker if it, that wasn't the reason? Um, I mean, I was going after the content of the quote more than the person. That's just a, a quote that I really like a lot because, um, well, I mean, the way that it contrasts boredom and curiosity, it shows how much of what we experience about life has to do with what we bring to it, that when we bring to life a posture or an attitude of being curious, being interested in the world, being interested in life, then there isn't really a place for boredom anymore. There's just everything is a stimulus. Everything can, you know, feed your creativity. So it's it's a quote that I always keep in mind. Nice. I think it was a great one. Um, so thank you for that. And um, yeah, I guess that's a good point. So maybe I'll just do a quick background on uh, you and I. We... We've been friends for a couple of years now on Twitter. Um, how long have you yeah, been? Yeah, well, I haven't quite come to my two-year anniversary yet. It's coming – my Twitterversary. It's coming mm-hmm. up this, this spring. But yeah, we've been interacting pretty much the whole time that I've been around, so at least a year and a half. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, about a year and a half or two years. Because um, yeah. I remember when you just – when you popped up, you just – you were in it right away. 
you're tweeting all the time really funny stuff and interacting with all of, like the same people that I am like in our community. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've seen your meteoric rise since then. Like <laughs> I, I had been probably on for two or three years um, when you showed up, um, probably had maybe a thousand or so followers. So that was when I was starting to get a little bit um, bigger, but still pretty small. And then I watched you go from, I think you had like 200 or 300 when I followed you. And now you're at 12, 12K or more. 15,000. 15K. Um, I'm sorry. I should I have mean, checked my numbers right before the show. Yeah, that's great. That's huge. The, the landscape changed even just in the short time that I've been around because um, I know that um, just a few years ago there wasn't any such thing as group DMs. And so now there are more ways that people interact besides just writing on each other's timelines. People get to know each other better and chat. The, the group DMs become like chat rooms. And, and this business of calling for tweets, someone saying, hey, send me your tweets, and you send them links, and folks retweet each other. I, I know that there were always certain big accounts that would do that occasionally, but now it's like everybody in the community does it from time to time and we all share with each other. And so, I don't know, I feel like it, it's probably easier for smaller accounts to grow now than they were when, when you started. Yeah, for sure. And that's a good point um, about the DM rooms, in case the listeners don't know. Um, sort of like uh, DM is direct message on Twitter and they changed it a while back so you can add However many people you want to uh, a group, I think there's probably a limit, but um, there there is a limit, but it's it's big. Yeah, it's a big limit. So um, a while back, yeah, I was added to a couple DM rooms um, with Danny, and that's how we sort of got to know each other a lot better. So these little groups, um, little chat rooms that are going on behind the scenes, if as it were, uh, on Twitter, and yeah, you really get to know the people sort of on a on a deeper level than than just reading their tweets and replying to them, like I had uh, done when I was starting. So the DM rooms for sure was a huge reason. Um, that I wanted to start this podcast too, to sort of share the community that we are in, that we're building, um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with uh, everyone else, and see if we can and grow that. Um, so I think it's great, and the DM rooms are for sure uh, a really great way to to use Twitter now. And I'm very thankful that I was added to the rooms with you, so we got to become friends. Yeah, me too. Nice. Um, so that's great. Uh, I think. That is a good, uh, good base level um, introduction to uh, our friendship and that. So uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into your story. Um, well, I'm not sure what I want to tell because um, <laughs> when I first started this account, I mean, as, as you know, um, I don't have my full name or my face on my account. And, you know, part of the reason for that was because I started out on Twitter just reading other people's jokes. And then when I started to do my own posts, I began, as a lot of people do, just kind of doing comments or replies to other people's posts. But when I felt I was ready to post jokes that I wanted to be seen more widely, um, I started this account that was anonymous, um, basically so that I would feel more free to joke about anything I liked and use any language I liked, um, you know, without being recognized necessarily or without being seen by, by anyone that I didn't choose to see me. So, um, so I'm not sure what 
I should disclose or what okay, I should Okay, I, I understand. I understand. You want to keep yourself <laughs> as much anonymous as you can, and I completely respect that. Um, I think Jess also mentioned that. Um, she talked about sort of going anonymous uh, and yeah. how that was very freeing for her to sort of tweet um, – things where she might not have if she was, you know, fear of repercussion from someone in real life, you know. The right. Facebook I, syndrome, I, I call I it. I see how in a way that's not really conducive to interviewing. <laughs> um, it's like, tell me about yourself. I will not. Um, but, you can tell um, me about your I, online I'm, persona. I'm Danny, and I'm at The Real It Would on, on Twitter, and I like making jokes and being friendly with people and – um, and that's it. That's all there is about, about me. I think we can talk about your handle, Real Eatwood. So your uh, avatar, your little picture there, is a termite. Is that correct? Yeah. So that goes yeah. behind. That's your whole brand there. Real Eatwood. Get it? Like termites eating wood. Boom. That's you. That's your brand. So you're a bug online. Yeah. So and it's kind of a confusing handle, kind of a confusing brand. Um, you know, I've I've some. Sometimes had people ask me whether whether wood is supposed to be like an erection reference and whether eat wood is sexual, mm. which is not really the intent. I you know if people choose to take it that way, I, right that's fine. That, that's not that. really quite what I was going for. Um, when uh, uh, this doesn't really explain it, but when I was in high school, um, my friend and I formed a little band or a little songwriting duo called Eat Wood. Okay. Um, which doesn't explain it because it was just as r- random and meaningless a term <laughs> then. Um, but actually, th- th- this is a fun fact. This is a bit of background about my account. Um, when um, I started this Twitter account, I was texting back and forth with my friend who had this band with me in high school. We, were, we don't live in the same city anymore, but we stay in touch, and we had been talking. And he was the one who had encouraged me to start my own Twitter account because we had been kind of appreciating jokes together, looking at jokes that we liked. And, and, um, and so the idea was that we started the account. We actually started the account together, um, using the brand name from our old band. Um, and the intent in the beginning was that we would both own the account. Um, and just the way that it, turned out was that he kind of like faded from it. He, he remains a supporter and I sometimes show him drafts and we still talk about it. Um, but he kind of, um, his involvement faded and I just kind of took over. It became my account and I just kind of inherited this, uh, this handle from our old band. Wow. That's really Um, interesting. What kind of music were you guys playing? It's a two man band, um, right? Yeah. It was like singer songwriter type stuff. Uh, um, he plays guitar. We would just sing in harmony, kind of like a Simon and Garfunkel type thing. Nice. And mostly I wrote lyrics and he wrote music. Um, so you're the Garfunkel? Wait, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I guess that would make me the Garfunkel. Although, yeah, did he write anything or did he just uh, sing harmony? No, I think he was more the harmony guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, no, but I sat there and didn't play an instrument, so I had a Garfunkel role in that, in that respect. Um, and then what happened was our... Um, when I started the account, um, the avatar was just like a, f- uh, some other funny image that I had found. And then someone Googled eat wood and found, a like a stock cartoon f- image of a termite. And I adopted that. And then, uh, Sarah Shockey, whose, uh, Twitter at handle is Sarah at Joy Sarah Joy Shockey. Shockey. She offered to draw, to 
create this custom image for me of a little green bug chewing on a piece of wood. So that's what I've used for over a year now. And yeah, that's become really central to the identity of my account now. I, I love it. I'm very grateful for it. I love that Sarah drew it. Yeah, Sarah's great. Everyone should uh, definitely check her out. She does really great work. Um, I think she has a mm-hmm. wrestling podcast, too, that everyone should check out. And I'll try to link to it in the show notes for this episode because she is mm-hmm. one to check out for sure. And, yeah, it's a great little picture. Uh, it's like a cute little bug um, that you have, and it's colorful, and it's an iconic image for your brand now. I'd mm-hmm. say. <laughs> well, that's a pretty cool story um, for how that all happened. I didn't realize that it was a two-man novelty account that sort of just became you became you yeah cool very cool okay so um i think i'll do a little tease now uh in the podcast biz we call it a tease um so to talk about writing which tweets don't necessarily allow for long form writing but Mm. um you managed to write something that is very cool um talking of course about the mario sonnet Mm -hmm. uh, a work of art that combines shakespeare and our favorite video game plumber brother um (laughs) and so i thought that would be great um to share with the listeners and we will definitely get to that later on in the show that's the tease part of it so stay tuned for that or skip ahead to the end right now to hear his very cool mario sonnet um so we'll be checking it, checking that in uh, later. Um, so a couple other things about Twitter. Uh, so we talked about DM rooms, which is great. Um, Can we talk about the theme room that we have? I think that's a fun. Sure. Fun yeah, thing. we have fun in there. Yeah, so we have a fun room that um, Danny invited me to, uh, and it's a bunch of us uh, Twitter folk, and basically it's a different person's um, turn every day to provide a theme of tweets so people uh link their tweets uh, uh that are related to the theme into the room and you, people can check them out retweet them if they want or just you know to give them a like or whatever and it's a great way to sort of get your old stuff back out there and your really funny stuff um and i really appreciate you adding me to that room because it's a sort of a fun thing to check in on every day and it really makes twitter uh, extra fun so thank you for that oh of course yeah sweet um so alt accounts do you have any uh, that you wouldn't mi- that you don't mind discussing, I should say. I should add, <laughs> um, not really. Uh, w- well, um, so here's what I have. There's an old personal account that I had before I started the real Eat Wood, and that account is pretty much dead. I haven't posted to it in a very long time. It has under 200 followers, um, but. It is uh, part of the the Eatwood family in a way because not many but maybe two or three of my posts that are currently posted on The Real Eatwood were posted first on my old personal account where they got no traction because I didn't have any following and I didn't know to send links to people. I just posted them into the void as we do when we don't have followers. And so then when I created my humor account, a couple of older posts ended up being deleted from there and reposted on the new account. So I had that as kind of a launch pad. Um, Since then, I created um, two different kind of joke novelty accounts that that I don't post to regularly, but that I created just kind of as a goof. Right. Um, You know, uh, Many of your listeners know that um, that one of the other things we do on on funny Twitter or weird Twitter, 
or wherever we are, is that we um, compete for these these digital trophies <laughs> that star. are created by, by uh, do you say fave star or fav star i say fave star because i believe yeah, it started I off some people said fav star i don't as, know what they're talking uh, about well, it's supposed sure. to sound like part of the word favorite right yeah it's so a combination because the fave. original twitter uh you would favorite something uh and you would click on the star because it would be uh, a star and then they changed they changed it <laughs> to likes and hearts uh, right. So, the, right. Both the fave part and the star part are both obsolete now. Yeah. Um, so, so those of us that that are involved in this foolishness know that there's such a thing as the fave star of the day, which is that folks that have a pro account can award a digital trophy to someone. People call them fake trophies or imaginary trophies. Um, but I, I don't like to call them fake. I think that's disparaging. Oh, someone they're, paid they're, for them. They're real in our in our hearts. They technically um, have value. Yeah. So there's a so there's an existing account on on Twitter called Fave Star of the Day that notifies you when you've been awarded that trophy. Uh, it's at Fave Star of the Day. So I created a couple of um, accounts that are parodying that format. I created at DM of the Day, okay. which I award to someone when I like their direct messages, <laughs> and also at uh, Demerit of the day when someone needs to be um, given a, a demerit on Twitter. Um, but I, I very, I very seldom use those. I kind of, um, they each of them was kind of a one-off. Like I created them as a joke. Um, there isn't any account that I post to regularly or that really reflects my self or my identity online other than the really would. All right. So you're like a, a wholly anonymous person online. Yeah. You know, there have been a couple of times I, I, I met up with um, with some Twitter friends before and a couple of times we took some group photos and those ended up being posted. And I certainly didn't mind being tagged or sharing those photos. So images of me have appeared online uh, occasionally, but I don't really do it on purpose. I don't really reveal anything um, personal about myself on the account. Yeah, it's probably the smart way to use the Internet, I, I think. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay safe out there, kids. Stay on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, that sounds very neat. Um, so, a couple more things. The um, what? What are your top interactions that you've ever had on the website? I'm looking for some sort of famous followers that the listeners might know, um, or some other some other well known celebrity maybe interactions that you've had um, that you're really proud to sort of mention here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel a little awkward about yeah it's it's, but it's i'm, asked I'm asking to, right so the onus <laughs> I, is on I, I me no don't worry um, about that yeah so um i mean one very very exciting thing was um the first time that i was uh retweeted by lin-manuel miranda the the great songwriter well, and broadway star juggernaut um, Hamilton, you know, who of course created Hamilton and wrote out. the music for Moana. Um, so he retweeted me once and then twice, and then he just recently followed my account, and that was really exciting for me because I'm a big fan and he's a genius. Um, and um, hey, that's a great one, great get. Let me say right there, congratulations on that. That's a good one. I know he does follow a few other um, of our friends in the little community, and it, yeah. it's just really cool. Yeah, he stumbled onto us. Um, I mean, I know that he's a big fan of I Am Space Girl, as we all are at I Am Space yes. Girl. Um, and so I don't know if that was his first entry point to our circle of friends or, or, or where it started, but um, 
but yeah, there's a handful of us that he's uh, that he's noticed, and that's really nice. And um, uh, Joss Whedon, the 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 film director, yeah, that's um, the who, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original, right? Series. Yeah, well, and now he you know he's directed the Avengers movies, directed movies, and everything. Avengers. But yeah, some of us have been watching him since as far back as Buffy. Um, so he, he follows me. I don't know why any of these people follow me, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I, I mean, Hey, don't I, sell yourself I, you know, short. I guess you're, they like my you're, jokes, you got but, the goods, but you got the goods. It's always surprising to me that, that these high profile people take, take an interest in these, in these little jokes. Um, so, and, and, um, oh, you know that, that in, in recent weeks, Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 has uh, enjoyed interacting with our group of people. He's been coming on on, on Friday nights and, and retweeting some folks, and he, he followed me too. So, yeah, the, it's 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 been going well, I must say. Yeah, you know, that's the, the, very These folks cool. have been taking notice, and it's exciting for me. Yeah, those are the two names that I was hoping that you would uh, mention, mm-hmm. for sure, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and, of course, my childhood hero, Mark Hoppus of Link 182 mm-hmm. who actually did um, retweet one of mine, so thank you to whoever sent that in, I think. Oh, good. It yeah. was, yeah, one of so one of our friends uh, sent in one of mine, and he hit it, so that was great. And, yeah, loving the Mark Hoppus Friday calls, so if you're up on Friday on Twitter, follow Mark Hoppus and he might retweet you. Yeah, I missed it this weekend. I fell asleep. He came on a little late. Comes on but, different <laughs> times. Yeah, you never yeah. know when he's going to do it. But um, yeah, right. it's very cool that he's uh, he's doing those tweet calls now. Okay, great. Um, so just wrapping up the Twitter segment, um, something that not everybody loves but is uh, definitely associated with Twitter, trolls. Let's get mm-hmm. into it. Um, have you ever had some bad troll experiences? Is there anything that you wouldn't mind sharing with us if you have um, or anything else? I'm just trying to shed light on these these trolls and get get them yeah. out of here. I haven't um, I haven't gotten it too bad. I mean, I haven't had um, recurring trolls like <laughs> folks who stalk my account and make negative comments repeatedly. Right. I get negative comments from time to time. Um, the, the more common experience that I have, which is much more innocuous and we all kind of have a good laugh about it, are the folks that are, are just overly literal that yes. seem not to understand that anything is a joke. So if you say something as a joke, they'll fact check you or they'll yes. correct you and tell you that something in your joke is not true and you have to kind of break it to them. Well, I realize that this isn't true. That's because <laughs> it is a joke. Yes. Um, the actualiers. Actualiers. That can sometimes cross over into trolling because if you post a joke that has political content or has anything to do with religion or sex or sexism or uh, anything that's a hot button issue, anything that's sensitive, yeah, even if you're kidding – People that are searching for a certain search term that are looking for the you know the the name of the U.S. president or Who's that? Who's that again? you know any <laughs> sensitive topic, they may swoop in and feel that they want to get into an argument with you now over your joke. Um, I pull back right away. I don't engage. Clear that that I yeah that I mean that I'm here to to. Uh, to Attempt to be funny. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not interested in in any battle of wills or hurting anyone's feelings. Um, but there have been a couple of times where folks who want to rant about about their own 
stuff. Uh, sometimes I'll hit that block button, but um, but nothing too traumatizing has happened. There's there's never been a commenter that made me feel unsafe, and uh, you know, just to generalize, unfortunately, I think that that women tend to to have a harder time with that than than men do. Women who use their own name and face and image to, you know, then folks feel that they are entitled to comment on the person's appearance or, you know, I see that a lot. That's something that doesn't happen to me, but that I witness all the time. It is a very big problem. Yes. Shame, shame on those trolls because there's like, no, no one deserves that. And women for sure get the brunt of the evil trolls on Twitter. And it's just gotta stop guys. Yeah. Just gotta stop. Okay, so that's great. So end of the Twitter segment, except that we're going to be talking tweets now, so that's more t- more Twitter talk coming up right now <laughs> on Friends of the Show podcast. Um, okay, so you have sent me three of your favorite uh, Real Eatwood tweets, um, so let's just take a look at those right now, and these will be listed in the show notes at stephenwstinner.com after the show. So the first tweet that you have chosen is one of my favorites from you also, and it goes, They needed three Back to the Future movies so they could cover life's three great concerns, one's birth, one's future legacy, and cowboy. (laughs) So that is obviously a very great tweet uh, because the third Back to the Future, what was that? It's just cowboy, right? Cowboy for the sake of cowboy? I think that's yeah. I mean, they they try to justify it by showing that they're visiting Marty's ancestors. They try to make it part of the same family saga, but it's so far removed from his own actual experience. It seems like they just wanted a Western setting. It seems disconnected to me. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of the um, stuff was very forced too, like the the showdown and everything, and how it's it's all the same. Um, or right. how they tried to force it, but yeah, it's a good that's a good point. But uh, great tweet anyway. <laughs> Um, so the second point, second tweet here that I have is a, <laughs> it's a um, sort of a conversation tweet. So I'll try to do two different voices and the narrator. Uh, so judge, I sentence you to two consecutive life sentences. 60 years later, convict dies, is reincarnated. Cop, this baby camel is under arrest. <laughs> Get it, everyone, because the reincarnated... Because the person was reincarnated as a baby camel. And the visual of the baby camel being arrested, I think, is what really makes this one good. Can you tell us a bit about that or how you thought of that? Yeah, well, do you know that I got a little assist on that one? I did I, not. I, do you want to give a shout-out to your co-creator? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a, a really great tweeter, um, uh, Flannery, whose whose handle is uh, I'm Dainty AF at... I am the word dainty and then AF, um, who has been one of the best. Break. Shout out to Flannery and Doc. Yeah, she hasn't really been present as much lately, but she's as good as anybody. She's a, a wonderful, wonderful joke teller. Um, so I came to her with a draft, um, saying to her, um, "Like I know this isn't finished. This is this is going to be good, but <laughs> it needs something. You know, help me out here." And and I the Almost the whole thing was unchanged. It began with the judge sentencing the convict to consecutive life sentences. Then 60 years later, the convict dies and is reincarnated. And so then the cop is in the position of arresting a baby. 
you know, you, ma'am, right. your baby is under arrest. It was going to be a baby. That was the that was the first draft, and I knew it wasn't done. I knew it needed an extra kick. Mm-hmm. So I said to Flannery, you know, uh, help me out here. The, the the twist is not grabbing you enough. And she said, well, besides a baby, you know, what else? Right. What else? If it's reincarnation, that gives you a wide variety of options, and. Somehow I knew immediately when she said that. She didn't say camel, but when she said that, I knew immediately that it should be a camel. That was that, the that The line, this baby camel is under arrest, like <laughs> that just sprang to mind immediately as soon as she opened the door and invited me to think about other creatures besides a human child. And so she really deserves a lot of the credit because that's in a way what makes the joke. I mean, without without a camel, it's an okay joke, but it wouldn't have been as as successful as it has been. So yeah, definitely Flannery deserves a big shout out for that. Well, thanks Flannery. She really made that one pop. Um, that one mm-hmm. has over 11,000 likes, over 5,000 retweets. So everyone go and like that tweet because it's great. Um, so the final one that you've submitted for yourself, um, another one of my favorites, uh, it's an office scene. So I'm wearing a wedding gown at work. Boss says, do you have a minute to chat in my office? Me? Lifting veil? I do. <laughs> it's got the I do punchline. Lifting veil is what really sells it, right? Because that gives you the visual of you're clearly dressed for a wedding, <laughs> wearing a wedding gown. Yeah, you know, even though it's a tweet, I actually think that this joke um, maybe in a way even works better when you tell it in person because you can kind of mime that lifting up the veil. It becomes like a little <laughs> a little funny gesture, you know, just I lifting up the veil. I actually did that you know. while I was reading it. I <laughs> lifted the veil. <laughs> I know no one can Yeah, no, it. it's fun. It's, it's fun to tell out loud that way because you do the little gesture. I did the veil lift, everyone. So those are great, everyone. So for sure, that is three great reasons to follow Danny, but there's many more every day. Um, so now we come to your favorite tweets from other folks so we can get some other shout-outs going on. Um, first up, we have our friend John, um, who's at ARF Measures, A-R-F Measures. Um, and his tweet, the tweet that you've chosen from him, uh, it's a scene in a customs uh, line. So... Uh, at the airport, presumably. So, customs. Passport. I lift up my bag and a severed head falls out. Oh, no. Oh, God. Still rummaging through bag. I've forgotten it. (laughs) So, that's a great one. He's looking for his passport. Severed head falls out of his bag. And he realizes, oh, no. He forgot his passport. Yeah, that's (laughs) another one that I I tell that in real life. You know, it's, it's funny that these tweets, they live in this particular format of being tweets on Twitter, but some of them are just legitimately, they work as jokes in any setting, and that's, I just think, a really funny joke. It's really funny, and everyone should definitely follow John, um, our pal. Uh, Okay, so nice one. Uh, The next tweet that you have submitted is from Dave at T underscore N underscore Crumpets at T in Crumpets. So he has another judge... Uh, judge tweet and it's a bit of a conversation so judge says how do you plead me looks at lawyer lawyer mouths not guilty me hot milky (laughs) lawyer bangs on his desk for fuck's sake just lock him up 
<laughs> because he didn't get it. He thought it said hot milky instead hot of milky. Not, not guilty. <laughs> so that's a good one. Um, so Dave uh, is a new Twitterer to me, so I definitely I followed him after you submitted this one because that was really funny. So um, new to me, but everyone should definitely go and check him out, as I did. Great. So the final tweet that you've submitted for Look at Tweets is from L.O.L., who is a very popular um, account online. She must Mm -hmm. follow you, I'm sure, right? She follows you? She does now, yeah. Lovely. That's a good one to get. She's very, very funny. Um, Mm -hmm. So her tweet that you've submitted is, I'll bet when Godzilla first came out, God was like, damn, that name's way cooler. (laughs) Like, God is jealous of that name. <laughs> yeah. So everyone check out L uh, on Twitter at L-O-Hell. L-O-Hell. Anything to add about that one? Um, not about the, the tweet in particular, but um, but L definitely is one of the accounts that I had my eye on before I was even writing my own jokes when I just began reading jokes on Twitter. Um, you know, she's been around for a while, and she's always great. Um and uh, another account that I love and a person that, that I interact with a lot, uh, as you know, a friend of mine on Twitter is Bat Karen. Um, she's uh, – you're going to have her on the show too, right? Yes, I'm in negotiations to have Bat Karen appear on the <laughs> your, show. Your people are talking to her she, people. Uh, yeah, um, she, well, she said she wanted to Bat hear Karen an episode. Is, <laughs> is one of one of my good friends on she's Twitter. She's great. And I know that, um, that she likes Elle a lot and um, – and uh, Karen and I have talked about that, how we both admire her account a lot. Um, so, so yeah, I, it was exciting for me that Elle noticed what I was doing also. And, um, yeah, she's great. That's the best, isn't it, when someone that you really respect and admire uh, takes the time, takes a look at your stuff, and follows you. It's, uh, it's just a good feeling. It's just good. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah. All right. So thank you for sending all those tweets in. That was great. Everyone follow all those tweeters. They are very, very good. Okay, so as I do, I reached out on Twitter and asked friends to submit if they have any questions uh, for Danny. So we did get several questions. And first up, from our lovely friend Bex, uh, at Bex Dora. She goes by the Lady of Whatever. Um, Her question, I would like to know what Rue's favorite type of wood is, please. I did a bit of a British accent only halfway through, but it you get the idea. She's British, and she's lovely. So the question again was, what is your favorite type of wood? Get it? Because you're a termite online. Right. Well, you know, full disclosure, if I'm being honest, in real life, if I had to eat the wood, if I had to really chew through it, I don't think I could get through something thicker than like a, a balsa. I think maybe a balsa wood would be the best that I could really make teeth marks in. So you're but, going um, for the soft But if it's wood. not for eating, if it's just for, for admiring, you know, I like a nice uh, mahogany. I like, um, oh, I've been out to California before, and I like the, the redwood trees. Mm-hmm. That's a nice wood. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That makes sense because if you're eating it, yeah, you probably want one type of type of wood. But if you're, yeah. you know, decorating your man cave with it uh, or whatever that's right, you probably yeah. want that deep rich mahogany right mm-hmm. right it's got a, it's it's got a fine bouquet but <laughs> it doesn't go down as as easily yeah we're gonna be uh in the bug washroom for hours 
Okay, so a follow-up question, a very similar question. We got a couple of Eatwood questions because people are so funny. Uh, <laughs> Jeff WNI, I don't know. How, I think mm-hmm. that's his name, right? Uh, it's like a Welsh name. Jeff. Right. Oh, yeah, right. That doesn't stand for something. That's an actual name. I believe it's his name. Uh, so at Jeff WNI, I'm sorry I'm not yeah. pronouncing that correctly, but uh, his follow-up question was what's his favorite wood? We covered that. And does he put any sauce with it? Does he put any sauce with it? So if you had to put a sauce with your wood in this fictional mm. eating wood uh, scenario, what sauce would you use? Um, maybe like a like a spicy mayo or um, a, well, I, I don't want to shout out the name of a, a fast food brand, but there, there's a sandwich shop that I go to that has like a chipotle sauce, like a a right. Southwest sauce mm-hmm. that might go well. So something like that. something with a little uh, kick, like a spicy right? Spicy yeah. mayo. Got it. So spicy mayo, great, yeah, great choice. That chipotle, mm-hmm. chipotle is yeah. very popular. Well, there you go, Jeff. That's the sauce. Try it out. Okay, so next question is from our pal Mike Big B, uh, mm-hmm. and he submitted two questions. So the first question is a joke question. Here it goes. Why are there so many beans in my house? The question beans beans in his house. Why are there so many? That's the question. I guess he's been slacking on eating them. He's gotta he's gotta eat them faster than he buys them. Yeah, beans are coming in. Not many beans going going in to his going down. Going right, down, right. yeah. <laughs> not many beans going down. So that's your problem, Mike. It's too many mm-hmm. beans coming in, not enough beans going in your mouth. Um so everyone follow Mike to uh at Mike Big B on Twitter. Now Yeah, the, all of these people that are interacting and sending in questions, they're they're all they all get the stamp. People that took an interest because they're because they're wonderful parts of our community we i definitely i recommend every account that you've mentioned on the whole show so far yes and again thanks to everyone for sending in the questions that's what keeps the show going the interaction i really wanted it to be sort of a engagement rich show so it couldn't happen without all the people sending in the questions so again thanks to everyone sending in questions and please do send in questions for future shows um they will be read so okay next question from mike um, what is your process? It's more of a real question. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I don't know because um, sometimes things pop into my head and sometimes they don't. And when sometimes just long periods pass where I don't really have uh, uh, a way back in until it, the inspiration hits. So there's a part of it that's mysterious. But I know that for... For some tweets, um, there's kind of hiding within the tweet is a sort of actual sincere comment or take a truth that I then sort of dress up as uh, in some kind of you know a sarcastic or absurd way. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, with the with the tweet about the Back to the Future films. That could have been put in a very dry way as an actual critique of those films, but instead of putting it in a sincere way, I put it in a wise-ass way. It was just kind of a way of packaging it. And maybe similarly with the with the the baby camel joke, where there's this concept in the law of consecutive life sentences, which anyone could think of this comment that consecutive life sentences doesn't really make sense. Anyone can kind of critique that comment. And so it was a matter of finding a 
an absurd enough delivery system to kind of take that to its logical limit. Well, what would that really look like? Consecutive life sentences. Okay. So it would be reincarnation. So I feel like sometimes that's my process that there's an actual, there's an actual comment hiding within. And I just find a funny way to say it. Yeah. And you mentioned before, um, how you had that baby camel joke, you had most of it, but you knew that it could hit harder. So it wasn't quite finished. So that's, that would be part of your process, sort of like fine tuning it. So do you find that you have, um, you know, drafts of your jokes and then you'll go over them and then keep tweaking them until they, uh, till they hit a certain standard? Sometimes, although I don't use the drafts folder that much you know there's an actual as you know there's an actual drafts function in twitter and i don't use that that much because generally i tend to think of the joke and do all the fine tuning in all in one session or all in one day and so i just kind of maybe i keep something copied in my notes on my phone or on my clipboard or something but i I don't use drafts that much because if it takes that long, if it takes so many days that, and I still haven't figured it out yet, often then it never happens. I, I do have a few out. things that live in my drafts, but then they tend to live in drafts forever. The things that I post, I tend to work on in a short period of time and post quickly. So it's sort of uh, it, when inspiration strikes, it'll be full, more fully formed than uh, yeah. tinkering with it. Over yeah, time. and my process has changed. You know, as you noted. When I first joined Twitter, I was really posting jokes every jokes as as quickly as I could, and so I was tweeting a lot. And I I write fewer jokes now, um, but I think maybe I still write as many good ones as I used to. <laughs> I think I used to write a few good ones and then a lot of kind of near misses. Right, and I think. Now I kind of wait till I get it right. So I, I end up putting out fewer jokes. Um, but um, I, I like to think that, that I'm still producing quality content from time to time. But I just um, I only post things if I think they're going to work. Yeah. So the bar, the quality bar has been raised uh, over time as you. As you I sort hope of... so. I hope it's I hope it's not just that that I ran out of ideas. And so I rarely post things anymore. But you know, when I do post things, I think they're still rather good. So I, I think it's I think it is that. Okay, great. Well, there you go. Great question, Mike. Thanks. It really inspired some nice um, conversation there. So another question from our pal ghost mom at Radtoria. She asked this today. Uh, would you go on a date with me if I was a horse? Mm. Well, um, as it happened, you know, even though it's an anonymous account and I, I don't like to disclose too much, it so happens that I'm not um, romantically available. I'm not. I'm not going on dates. Right. But if I were, then certainly I would. I would love to go on a date with Radtoria in particular. No matter what kind of animal she might be, yes, horse, a horse or yes. ghost or or <laughs> whatever form she might take that given day, she's wonderful. I love her. She's great. Um, at Radtoria, thank you for the question. Um, okay, so in the questions we have a real Eatwood truther who has uh, made himself um, appear with this question uh, at Dead Everything. He asks, mm. "Is there a fake Eatwood?" Well, you know, until I get that blue check mark 
of of being verified, mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to say. You know, I mean, I put I put real in my handle. I'm putting myself out there, claiming to be the real deal. Yeah, like but Donald Trump I guess style. <laughs> folks out there, listeners, readers are going to have to just make, make their own judgment. And also, maybe at verified could get in on this. Maybe get that blue check mark sooner rather than mm-hmm. later. Let's get mm-hmm. get uh, get real. Eat wood. Verified. Yeah, so I can distinguish myself from any number of fake eat woods that that might or might not be out there. That would really set the record straight once and for all. Yeah. Okay, rounding down the questions. Um, our very good friend Annie Bean at not a beanie asks. Rue, what is your fave pop song plus a food and or beverage to pair with it? You know, since these questions were posted, I, I could have prepared responses and I didn't. Um, I like the on-the-fly response. I like the off-the-cuff. Mm, yeah, right. I guess that works. <laughs> um, well, you know, I hate picking a favorite anything because then everything else in the world is jealous. Yeah. Um, but I um, – but – some of the some of the listeners know that um, that I do enjoy the the Wrecking Ball song, the Miley, ah, Cyrus, the Miley Cyrus song Cyrus. about the Wrecking Ball. Yeah, um, people people know that because I I recorded a version of it um, a, a year ago or more um, that that was also posted on Twitter. Um, maybe we can put that in the show notes. We can put it on. Um, we can tag that onto the end of the show. How about that? Put the we can oh, drop true. it in right. Yeah, and then when the, the show ends, boom! Here comes the wrecking ball. Yeah. So, and I don't know why in particular this would be paired with it, but um, but you know, right now I could do with some nachos and a, a root beer float. So let's just let's just book that. So Annie Bean, the answer given is Miley Cyrus wrecking ball with nachos and a root beer float. That sounds good, right? It does sound pretty good. Yeah, I haven't had a root beer float in God knows how long, but they're good and healthy for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so winding down, we got two more questions, and then we are going to get to that Mario sonnet. Oh, baby. Here we go. Great. Um, so Brian C. Thayer, who also asked a question in episode one uh, for Jess, so thank you, Brian C. Thayer, at Brian C. Thayer on Twitter. Um what kinds of other specialized identity accounts do you follow? I.e., example, other wood-eating insects, etc. <laughs> so, kind of a niche question. Do you follow any other niche identity accounts? Uh, no. Um, I, I don't like to be too snobby about my follows, but I have cut down. I pretty much just follow accounts whose jokes I want to read, right. you know? So if there's an account, it's very rare that I'll press the follow button just because I want to support a, a concept or a gag. Of course. It, I tend only to press the follow button if I feel like there's going to be content coming in that I will enjoy. So I don't really follow a lot of novelty accounts or one-off type accounts. Okay, great. Yeah, good answer. That's totally cool. Uh, finally, from Abe... MB at dubious rhetoric. Oh yeah. Um, he asks, "Are you Margaret Atwood?" Don't lie. <laughs> um, I I'm not. 
Like um, Atwood, I, Eatwood. I, am, she's I think the, that's the, the, joke. the novelist, the author of The Handmaid's Tale, and and which I read, and other books that I did not read. Um, but um, I, I love the the one book of hers that I read. Um, I'm not I am not she, but I I am a fan, and it has occurred to me that that yeah, if you kind of parsed it differently, instead of Eatwood, you could re- read it as E Atwood. Um, like uh, that could even be like an initial. Like my she, her middle initial Edgar. is E. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, her uh, name is Margaret. Oh, e. it's Margaret E. e. Atwood. Atwood. It, yeah. So oh, I didn't even know she had a middle initial. Well, he nailed it, right? So he knew that, and that's his reference, yeah. and that was a great reference. Abe, nice, nicely done. So yeah. Margaret Atwood, she isn't actually she isn't Atwood on Twitter. Like that would I think be in the best uh, account handle that she yeah. could have got, right? Atwood, but she yeah. is actually at Margaret Atwood. So for all those Atwood mm-hmm. fans out there, that's Margaret E. Atwood on Twitter, at Margaret Atwood. Yeah, and she wrote, the, what, The Handmaid's Tale, soon to be a major motion picture? Right. Oh, is it a, is it a movie or a series? Oh, is the, it a series? It's I, got um, Elizabeth er, from Mad Men. That, uh, yeah. Peggy. Well, anyway, yeah, it looks, it looks really cool. It's a, it's a disturbing, harrowing, great novel. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it should be interesting. So everyone go check that out. Margaret Atwood definitely needs the plug from this podcast. <laughs> okay, so I think we did it. We reached Maybe we should maybe okay, we should wait. sponsor the book. The Oh, the yes, of course. So we're going to sponsor we can, the book. We can sponsor that. Yeah. Support the show by going to this episode's show notes and clicking on the Amazon link and you can buy yourself a copy of The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Um, and it helps support the show. So head on over to stephenwskinner.com and find the episode uh, show notes for this episode with uh, at the real Eatwood. And if you click on that link, go ahead and make that purchase. And yeah, we get a small percentage, and it helps uh, su- support the show. So thanks to everyone uh, who does that. Really appreciate all the support that everyone's given, all the questions that have been submitted, and of course, Danny, thank you for coming. It's uh, giving your time out here on a Sunday night. Um, so I think the thing that we teased earlier on is upon us. The Mario Sonnet, or Mario, I should be saying, right? You say Mario? You know, I, every time you said it, I was thinking about that too. You know, I grew up saying Mario in the in the 80s. Before anyone told us how to say it, we of just course. kind of pronounced it with an American accent, Mario. Yeah. Now that um, I, I feel there's more pressure now to say Mario, like the authentic Italian I, accent. I think, that's but, the, I think that's the correct pronunciation. I have actually yeah. married uh, into an Italian family, and my uh, pasta has now become pasta. Mm-hmm. So, right. so I guess the Mario Mario thing, it's the long A, right? Same idea. That's right. So, yeah. so if we, without further ado, are you ready? Uh, will you, I'm ready. You will grace us with this uh, work of art, the Mario Sonnet. Take it away. In humble Brooklyn, where we lay our scene, a pair of brothers, noble, strong, and brave, one plumber clad in crimson, one in green, set out a girl of royal blood to save. Through pipes and over many lands they sought the dragon who had snatched the princess fair. Gainst flying turtles fearlessly they fought until at last they found the dragon's lair. Thanks, Mario, a voice said, twas his name, but grievous day, your princess is not here. Despondent, he embraced the dragon's flame and left his brother lonesome, struck with fear. 
How could there be a greater tale of woe than this of Princess Peach and Mario? Well done. Bravo. Bravo, Danny. Truly very well done. Conceived and executed brilliantly. How did? Let's talk about that. How did you um, think of this and what sort of brought this about? Um, well, actually, there was a prompt out there from uh, an account that we can shout out um, at Ms. Fox, if you're nasty. You know her? Amy. Amy. Yes. Yeah. Um, she had uh, created a little impromptu contest where she challenged folks to write anything in iambic pentameter. Now, she didn't ask someone to write a whole sonnet. She, you know, only a pair of lines fits in a tweet. That that little sonnet was spread out over seven tweets because because of the character limit. Um, and so I was, it, it was on a weekend and I had a little time to, to hang out and think. And I couldn't, I realized that I couldn't do it in a couplet and the idea just grew and I decided to write a sonnet and, um, and it was a little unfair because everyone else who submitted to her contest, you know, came to her with, with a couple of lines and I came with this fully formed poem and, uh, you know, it was a little, um, kind of going beyond above and beyond what the, it was what a, the contest it was a, had asked for. Above yeah. and beyond. Um, much, much like an incompetent pilot. It also went above and beyond. Hey, yeah. shout out to me. Uh, check me out there, on Twitter yeah. at Skinner Steven. That's one of my tweets he's referencing. Well, thank you, Danny, so much for joining us today. I think that will wrap it up. And um, is there any shout outs that you want to give? Um, this is like the closing segment where we can give shout outs to all our family and friends, or in your case, since you're anonymous, other Twitter <laughs> accounts. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm afraid to to right, shout you don't out anybody because of everyone that I forget. And you'll forget. But somebody. I mean, so many of the people that that we've just mentioned just in conversation here: Jess, okay, fine, and Bat Karen, and Nada Beanie, and Bex Dora, and um, oh, there's there's our friend the the duck that we haven't mentioned, Druck D R U U U C K. And our friend Will at Upside Down Trash. Space I know that we meant we mentioned Space Girl just in passing. Um, I, one of the best things about being in this community has been the the people that I've met and the the fun folks that I've gotten to interact with. So you know what? Um, if anyone who listens to this is kind enough to visit my timeline or yours or the t- timelines of anyone that we've mentioned, I think. You'll find more and more people, the, the folks that I retweet, the folks that you retweet are all, you, you know, good and worthy and kind people that have great jokes. And so come and visit us, not just to not just to read my things, but also the, the, the wonderful folks that I that I follow and retweet every day. Well said, Danny. Yes, we share all of our friends tweets. They got great stuff. That's the whole point of this podcast, to share our community with whoever, all the people across the world. If you're listening in Iceland, send us a note. So we want to hear back from all the people across the world who um, will now find out about all our fun Twitter friends and their hilarious accounts um, through this podcast, hopefully. Um, So, yeah, and I guess that will wrap it up for us. And I'll just play the outro theme and you can say your byes to everybody and then we will play your song. Is that good? Fabulous. Thanks, Perfect. Steve. Thanks, Danny. Boom, 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 boom. 
Well, that's it. That's the end of the episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank everyone for listening and following along and interacting with the show uh, on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening again. Um, Like I said, I have lots of very cool guests lined up, so please check back every week for a new episode. Episodes coming up will feature fan favorites Will, that's at Upside Down Trash, Bex, at Bex Dora, and extremely controversial guest uh, Travis, at Professor underscore Hinkley. So, subscribe to the show if you like. Visit stephenwskinner.com. It's got all the links, the show notes, and the shows. And follow me on Twitter, at SkinnerSteven. Send me a tweet if you have listened all the way to the end of the show that we have now arrived at. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Have a good one. We clawed, we chained our hearts In vain we jumped, never asking why We kissed, I fell under your spell A love that no one could deny Don't you ever say I just walked away I will always want you I can't live a lie running for my life I will always want you I came in like a wrecking ball I never hit so hard in love All I wanted was to break your walls All you ever did was wreck me Yeah, you, you wrecked me I put you high up in the sky And now you're not coming down It slowly turned You let me burn And now we're ashes on the ground So don't you ever say I just walked away I will always want you I can't live a lie Running for my life I will always want you I came in like a wrecking ball I never hit so hard in love All I wanted was to break your walls All you ever did was wreck me Yeah, you, you wrecked me One more time Came in like a wrecking ball I never hit so hard in love All I wanted was to break your walls All you ever did was wreck me Yeah, yeah, you You know you wrecked me Yeah